What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Cool Colas here, and you are now tuning into a new episode of the Pro Black Blurred Kingdom Podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be asking a question that has been heavily on my mind ever since I have seen this movie. And I'm not going to lie to y'all, I'm pretty excited to talk about this because I'm a pretty big fan of the series that this movie was about. I want to ask the question today, was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 a 10 out of 10 as a movie? Once I dive into that topic, I'm going to go into a few other things as well. Today, I'm going to be talking about the black origins of the character Knuckles the Echidna. And I'm also going to jump into some theories and how I personally got into my creative endeavors and my creative vision based on the Sonic comic and series in general. Now... Let me just first say, the reason why I'm asking the question of whether or not Sonic the Hedgehog 2 was a 10 out of 10 is because this movie was superb, y'all. This was a dope-ass movie. Point blank, period. And because it was so good, I think that it's important that we actually have a discussion on whether or not it was a 10 out of 10. Now, normally, if you follow me on Colas Creative, you know that what I do is I'll actually create reels and I'll reveal, sorry, review movies and TV shows, season by season TV shows that are related to comics and other nerdy type of things. Now, I would have done the same thing with Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but there's so much to talk about with this movie I felt that it was better to speak it into a podcast instead of to create it as a reel. So if you're listening today, we got a lot to talk about. And I know that some reel that I can do in 30 seconds is not going to capture everything that I need to say. I want to start off by telling you all my initial feelings going in, what my experience was like going into the movie theater before I went to go see this movie, and my thoughts leaving out. All right, so, first of all, I gotta say, I had to get off YouTube because they were literally ruining the movie by showing all of these thousands of snippets of the damn movie. At first, I was like, Idris has knuckles. That's great. Like, that's dope. Like, that's a perfect fit. This is about to be off the chain. But then, after a while, I was seeing way too much. And let me just say, for those of you all who don't know me, I am not a very big fan of just generally watching movies. So, when or if I go to the movies, I have to go there when few people are there i usually go to the movies only to see very specific things and it's usually limited to comic movies or some other nerdy stuff like a sonic the hedgehog or something like a harry potter but i'm gonna be honest with y'all if i'm going to the movies or if i'm going to hang out with people i rather 
interact and spend time with them or whoever I'm with. Because if I go to the movies, generally I'll go with somebody. I'm not one of those people who has a problem going by myself, but I generally go with somebody. But if I'm being honest, I'd rather interact with them, spend time with them, and whether it's a date or whether it's just one of my friends, I'd rather us like actually just be doing activity together where we can like talk and you know chill and stuff like that. And movies don't really give you that opportunity to do that because you're sitting there watching a big screen for a couple hours and that's pretty much just it it's not really super fun to me but anyway i say this to say i was excited to go see the sonic 2 movie and once i again turned off youtube and all that other stuff i could really get into the zone and say you know what i'm ready to like go see this movie and be surprised at the way that they handle the next movie for the sequel for the the Sonic series that they've been creating in the cine, in with their cinematic universe. So, when I go into the movie theater and mind you I'm going to this movie theater that and this is on a Saturday morning, I'm going to this movie theater that's right up the street from where my place is at, my wife and I's place is at, and they usually have really cheap tickets. So I I go to this movie theater at 10 a.m. when I know that there's not about to be a lot of people. So it's like 10 a.m. on a Saturday. And it's usually that way because when I went to go see some of these other comic movies and stuff like that, there it was it was pretty desolate. There was almost like nobody in the in the in the movie theater. And I figured it was gonna be the same thing. I was wrong as hell. By the time that I walked into this movie theater, it was crowded. And I'll be honest, most of the people who were there were parents and grandparents with like seven damn kids each. I'm thinking that it's going to be a mix. We're going to see some people who are about my age, some people who, like I said, people who are in their 30s. I'm 31. People who are like in their 30s, some people in their 20s who grew up playing Sonic on Sega Genesis and playing the Sonic Adventure games. I'm thinking I'm going to see that type of crowd and, you know, people like that if there were going to be people there. But it was a lot of people there, but most of the people were, again, parents or grandparents going to take their little ass kids to watch it so these kids had to be like for the most part anywhere between the ages of like six and probably 12 maybe not even as old as 12 maybe maybe six to ten actually now i think about it six to ten and we were literally in line forever it is usually not like that at this movie theater because again a lot of people aren't showing up in the morning to go see a, a, a movie so we were in line forever because these parents and grandparents were buying their tickets and then they were buying two buckets of popcorn each for each damn kid and like five drinks to go with it and shit. And like literally there was a lady there who she looked like she was a single mom and she had one kid with her. And how about she walked away with like four drinks, two boxes of candy four big ass things of popcorn and then she i think at the end said i want some nachos or some shit like that and i'm like now y'all know damn well y'all don't need all that shit just to see a two-hour movie about a blue hedgehog let's first talk about what the hell is wrong with this picture though i'm like first of all that shit had to be like 200 bucks easy just to see that damn movie with all of that stuff that you bought second them kids that were in that movie theater was spilling popcorn and, and $40 worth of candy and all types of shit all over the floor. You know, while they're watching the movie, they couldn't even sit still. 
and some of them was in there and they were just walking around like they were out of their seats just walking around and stuff like that and i'm like that's because y'all, you know, have them eating all this popcorn and drinking pop and eating candy. So them, them kids is hyper as hell. And then my third point is Sonic 2 is not a movie for a bunch of kids with attention spans that are as short as Kevin Hart. It was for, in my opinion, true fans like myself. People who were born and grew up in the 90s playing Sega Genesis. Literally, that movie is for, like I said, niggas who are like 30 years old plus or in their 20s i guess but anyway ain't no way little ass kids should have been up in there because how the hell are they gonna know who the hell sonic the hedgehog is or how that story went now that may be what they're going for because they're like oh well we can create this movie and different types of people can come in and see it even if like they don't really know what's going to happen but people like me i know the story of what happened with sonic in the video games and i have a nice bit of knowledge of what happened in the comics as well too so I felt like it was geared for me, but I had to remember that they probably were making the movie too for the idea that there were these like cool animals that are speaking and kids like to see colorful things like that and stuff like that. And that would be a good opportunity for them to garner all different types of audiences. So I, I get it, but at the same time, I really felt like, you know, after seeing the movie that it really was geared for the true fans, the people who grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog and seeing the 2D version of him and playing those types of games. I want to start off by telling you all what I thought were pros of the movie. So when I think about a Sonic 2, I have to ask the question, was the movie a 10 out of 10? Again, I asked this question because it was a movie that just blew me away. I mean, literally, it's a debatable question on whether or not it's a 10 out of 10 because of how good it was. But before I answer that, I want to go into the things that I felt like were strong. The movie's balance was on point when it comes to originality, but also familiarity and nostalgia. The story pretty closely mirrored the events that took place in the Sonic & Knuckles video game. And also the Sonic 3 video game as well, too. So I guess we can call it Sonic 3 and Knuckles because there actually was a thing back in the day with Genesis where, with the Sega Genesis, where you could, where the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge could, was big and clunky and it can open up at the top, almost kind of look like half of a muffin or some shit. It would open up at the top and then you would insert the other cartridge, which is a Sonic 3 cartridge inside of it. And then you, you could play the game Sonic 3 and, and Knuckles and you could play as all three characters on all of the boards in both games. So anyway... An example of the familiarity and nostalgia, as I spoke about, that I saw in this movie was in the very beginning of the movie, they had the Mushroom Hill Zone, which was present when Dr. Eggman was there and was chilling because, or he had no choice but to chill there because he was stuck there and he was drinking the mushroom tea and all this other stuff that he was doing. This was symbolic because this was also the first stage in the Sonic and Knuckles video game. There were also some low-key stabs throughout the movie at other stages, such as the ice cap zone from Sonic 3. And that was present, or that was shown from when Sonic was riding down or snowboarding down that hill and he was being chased at some point by Knuckles. So that was kind of like a stab at the ice cap zone from that game. Now again, 
there was originality with some new elements mixed in as well which was another pro like for example knuckles was snowboarding down the mountain with sonic which wasn't originally in the game but it added that element of being chased down by the antagonist and furthered the story it's almost as if they added all the sonic 3 and knuckles elements but remixed it and did their own thing i also love how closely they paid attention to the character's details like as in comic references and things that are known about these characters for example, my mind was blown when Knuckles said how Sonic went super and how he wouldn't be the same anymore because of the fact that he went super. And this was reference to the evil Super Sonic that was in the comics that was willing to destroy everything in his path much different than the regular Sonic because he was so damn powerful. And I was blown away that they remembered also that Knuckles' favorite food was grapes when they were talking about ice cream flavors i said wow like they really paid so much attention to those details like it just blew me away that those two references were even made in this movie i also love the design and the booby traps and just the overall setup of the hidden palace zone that was that part probably blew me away one of the most in this movie they set up they made this like setup where sonic made it to the hidden palace zone and he saw knuckles and they were on separate sides of the stage about to fight one another and it was literally done just like how it was in the sonic 3 and knuckles video game and in that game you get to choose your character where if you were Sonic, you had to fight Knuckles. If you were Knuckles, you had to fight Sonic. If you were Tails, I think you had to fight Knuckles. Or if you were Sonic and Tails, you had to fight Knuckles. So they literally set it up like they literally took time to show Sonic on one side and Knuckles on one side after they both had made it to the Hidden Palace Zone and they were fighting. And then Dr. Eggman went over to where the Master Emerald was and he tried to grab that bad boy. They literally bodied the exact way that it happened in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. I was so impressed with that. Speaking of Dr. Eggman, Jim Carrey, he, he bodied the role of Dr. Eggman just like he did in the first movie. I mean, I was I was like, yo, like this dude really brought out the eccentricity and the quirkiness and the evil genius that was in the Dr. And I keep calling him Eggman, the Dr. Robotnik character because they, they're using Robotnik in this series. So his interaction with Knuckles was great too, like the way that they made them work together. And the story also gave a more in-depth explanation as to why some of the events of Sonic 3 happened the way that they did. They found a way to please everyone between non-fans and definitely fan service. It was a perfect mix of action, comedy, suspense, realism, and a great homage to the video games as I kind of stated. The character designs, they were awesome too. The characters were well done. They looked like great adaptations of, again, the 2D or even like 3D bits that we've seen. That supersonic form was incredibly dope too. I love that they pulled that out and used supersonic to take down the master emerald powered machine that Dr. Robotnik built and I love the design I also loved the homage it paid to the games it was a surprise to see that they decided to pull that move but nonetheless it was very pleasant y'all already know I'm hyped for this nigga shadow by the way I just got to say that like 
that's the that's the next point. I'm so hyped by the fact that Shadow is going to be in this bitch, but we will have to see what they do with his character. I remember even when they revealed Shadow, I said, "Whoa!" Like literally said, "Whoa!" When I was in the movie theaters, kids was probably like looking at my grown black ass and shit. Like, why is this dude sitting there talking about "Whoa" as he sees Shadow in the in the end scene? But yeah, that was that was really cool too. So. I see that they had a lot of different surprises up their sleeves. I also thought that Idris Elba was an excellent Knuckles. It's as if they got the perfect person to play and voice him, both in sound and in personality. Also, let's be real, y'all. He was giving Sonic them hands. I mean, Knuckles looked like a complete behemoth the whole movie. He was fast. He showed off that he had speed just like Sonic did. He was strong. He could punch through trucks while he was gliding. He also had his fire fist, which paid homage to the whole Sonic Adventure games and his powers there. I mean, dude was a legit monster and once again, a credible threat. And let's be honest, he was turned into a damn moron when you look at the, the, the video game series. He wasn't really portrayed, though, as a moron in this movie whatsoever but and some people may disagree with that point but hear me out on this he was a guy who was more so trusting and he wasn't used to the social or societal customs of the real world that Sonic and people like that lived in if anything it's more apparent that he was very self-aware and good at reading the room. For example, when he noticed that Sonic was more concerned about Tails than he was about sabotaging the mission when they were on that they were sliding down that mountain. So, to me, there was no real stupidity that was shown from Knuckles, but more so him being gullible and and trusting. I'd even say trusting over gullible and the idea that he just wasn't used to the societal customs and way of being and moving i mean think about it like he's one of those indigenous people who has a certain custom that he followed growing up he's not used to sonic who's like free-flowing and he's in the city and he's getting chili dogs and riding in cars and, and fucking them up and shit he's not like he's not in that kind of fast-paced type of lifestyle so of course he doesn't really have the same you know, customs and, and, and beliefs and ways of, of being and, and societal understandings that Sonic and people like that have. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about Knuckles, though. And this is something that I feel like we need to have a discussion about because it's talked about a little bit, but I want to give like a more in-depth analysis on his character and how it's a, a black indigenous proxy. Let me say that it is a black indigenous proxy. So one thing that you should know about the character Knuckles is that he and many other characters that I can think of a few other examples and we'll get into that are sometimes seen as or shown to be proxies for black characters. So Knuckles if you look at him and you look at his design and his personality and everything like that, there's something about him that feels black. But let's think about it. Let's think about like what ways that shows up. He has locks. He's frequently played by black voice actors. 
His aura feels black. He's indigenous, and I mean like black native indigenous, not the mongoloid-looking people who really have a whole lot of European in them, and we mistake for natives. I mean, like literally the real black natives. He has that type of vibe to him. He's a fighter. He's the guardian of important relics and jewels that other people try to steal, and that's a symbolic proxy for America stealing resources from Africa. It's also clear that he raps, and he's into hip-hop which obviously is a music genre everyone knows was created by black Americans indigenous to the American land. Knuckles is the certified black guy on Sonic, and that's one of the reasons I didn't jail with the idea of them making him into this complete idiot. And think about it too. He was from this secluded tribe. As a matter of fact, with the music, I, I think a black dude actually voiced him as if he was rapping and and he rapped these different songs on Sonic Adventure 2. By the way, y'all, I just got to say this. I don't know about y'all, but Meteor Hurt was definitely the best Sonic Adventure song for Knuckles. I just had to say that. Like, that shit was better than his actual theme. That was, like, my favorite song. Like, everything about it was just dope. Anyway, I just wanted to go back to my point. I just didn't like the fact that that the games tried to make him seem like he was dumb, especially when it was always just more of a trusting issue. And he's a trusting, majestic individual who lived a secluded life. That's really all it was. He also is like the Africans, and we, we think that we're talking about, at this point, ancient uh, ancestral Africans and the gods that they worship. But um, he was like that in the fact that he was able to harness great power, like in his Chaos Knuckles form and also in his Enerjack form, which was an evil comic form that he had. Now, again, at this point, I'm dip dipping into comics a little bit, but I'm trying to give you all like just a, a way to kind of like envision why his character had these black origins. But these were obviously representations of some type of powerful African god because these forms were so powerful and he was so difficult to take down. Like Chaos Knuckles, I think, was unstoppable. And Interjack in the regular timeline bodied Shadow, bodied all of the other like people like, like uh, Dr. Eggman and all them. And he couldn't even get stopped until Supersonic had to stop him. And then there was a dark timeline, I believe, in the comics too, in the Sonic comics. And I think in the dark timeline, Interjack took over the world because he felt that everybody was misunderstanding him and he felt like betrayed, I guess, by the world. So he decided to like take everybody's souls out of their bodies and shit and put them into this robot army that he created. And he was snatching everybody's body. He, he defeated Supersonic in this timeline. He snatched the, the souls from all of his friends, so for, from all the Chaotix. He beat Shadow and the rest of Team Dark. He beat Eggman and he literally ravaged everyone except a few villains silver the hedgehog and his daughter and you know i, I want to kind of get into this y'all um and a lot of people probably don't want to touch on this topic but i feel it's necessary i feel at some point knuckles with him you know being or almost having this kind of indigenous vibe he became the butt of a lot of jokes and trolling from little white supremacist ass nerds and what I'm referring to is the Ugandan Knuckles meme that was going around. Ugandan Knuckles was made, 
And a lot of people will go around and say it was just a bad drawing of Knuckles that got turned into a funny skit of just like a weird looking version of him that kept saying, do you know the way? But really, it just gave those little white supremacist gamers online a reason to mock African dialects and making clicking noises and, and really saying nigga. That, it really gave them an excuse to do all that stuff. They were able to try and hide behind that joke. And because a lot of you blurs, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of you blurs didn't check that shit. They felt that it was okay to do that and use that as an excuse. Matter of fact, even if it was just a joke and it had no racial thing around it, I don't even see what was so damn funny about it. It just wasn't funny to me. And don't sit around, Blur family, and just try to co-sign this. You all have to kind of get that together and get on code and realize when things like this show up that there's some anti-black disrespect that's going on. You already know a lot of these white gamers will get online like for example like playstation xbox they'll get on these little online streams and start spitting out all types of anti-black rhetoric and epithets and all this other stuff like you all know that goes on so we shouldn't try to dissect whether or not this is happening here this is not this is racist here this is not racist there stop doing that it's clear that knuckles has black origins it's clear that they made a joke out of it and almost made a caricature out of his black origin and they made fun of that. If that isn't anti-black, I don't know what is. So y'all got to stop feeding into that because that type of stuff is the reason why some of them kind of get away with saying little slick stuff and then trying to hide behind the fact that it's just a simple joke. That's not a simple joke because if you look at the character Knuckles, you can see how that character that was created reminds us of our people. So let's stop allowing them to play the selective racist identifier game. We just we just don't have time for that. Now that I've talked about some of the pros though, I want to talk about some of the cons of the movie and the things that I saw and I was like I wasn't really feeling this. There weren't many, but I feel like I have to talk about these things and it's almost going to sound like I'm being nitpicky. The first con is I could have done without the human subplots. I mean, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, y'all. There's never a time where I won't want to see Tika Sumter's fine self on, on, on screen. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. So that was a treat. You feel me? But again, that's seeing the actress. That's not seeing like her character. You feel me? But let's admit, she's, she's a really beautiful black woman. So that's always, literally always a treat to see. But the bottom line is that side plot story is unnecessary. However, I will say that it's not like the human stories took away from the plot or anything like that. So as unnecessary as it was, it's not like it was so far away from the plot that it was nonsensible. It was unnecessary, but not unsensible. So in other words, it made sense. It just didn't have to be added to that extent. At the same time, though, it actually still worked out because they played this role where there was a space patrol team hunting anthropomorphic superpower animals and trying to figure out where they're at. But 
I mean, my thing was like, did this have, have to happen at the wedding, though? I mean, come on. And why is old girl's sister basically the same character in this movie that she was in Insecure? It's like they literally copied and pasted her from Insecure and put her into this movie. Either way, it made people laugh to get to see her acting all dramatic and shit. And also... It didn't really interfere with the Sonic and Knuckles thing, so I guess I wasn't so broken up about it, but I feel like at the same time again, there's an unnecessary element to putting so much subplot from the human characters in there. I like how the uh, the story felt uninvolved from that, from the, the Sonic and Knuckles thing, but they did, in my opinion, they did just enough to show you that they know how to continue a story on from where it last left off from the last movie. So in other words, maybe, you know, I guess I'm playing devil's advocate to my own statement, but maybe they put it in there because of the fact that they wanted to, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they already had told the stories of these human characters in the first movie, so they knew that they, were, they had to have a way to continue doing that and making stories for them in the second movie that was relevant to the story, and they did that successfully. I guess that's what I was trying to say. My other con is, I feel like they may be rushing a bit and moving at quite a fast pace. I mean, these niggas said, we just gonna skip right over the whole chaos arc and move into Shadow the Hedgehog. I already felt like Maybe they were going to do a thing where in Sonic 2, they based it off of like the actual Sonic 2 game and made it about Sonic and Tails going on adventures to stop Eggman. But when all these Knuckles rumors came out, I knew that they were just speeding it along pretty fast. Plus, let's be real. The Tails cameo only really did one thing, and that was that it let us know that they were taking the Sonic universe that they were creating seriously and making it almost like a Marvel and DC-esque type of thing where it leads into a new story. Tales, in my opinion, would not have been a big enough deal to carry it out to, to basically make him a focal point in the second movies. So it makes sense why they started talking about Knuckles because he feels like more of a main event character. Anyway, with the chaos thing, it was skipped right over. And I mean... What they could have been doing is making this into more of a knuckle story because I did hear that Idris Elba was was potentially going to get his own series as Knuckles. They could be trying to do that, but they skipped right over it. It would be interesting if they made him a character in that storyline and kept him separate from Sonic, although I know Sonic was the person who ended up taking down Perfect Chaos. My boy the other day when we were talking, he had a theory that Robotnik in Sonic 2 was a proxy for Chaos, and that's why he absorbed the Master Emerald and was able to rebuild the robot suit. But I told him straight up I think that was kind of a reach because Chaos's story went way different because as he absorbed each Chaos Emerald, he would take on a bigger and badder form until he became perfect. And that was another thing. They didn't explain that whole Chaos Emerald thing and the Master Emerald thing, in my opinion. But again, I think a lot of that could be because we're supposed to see some of these things discussed further in a Knuckles the Echidna series. So, there was that. I'll get into more of these theories later, though, but these are the things that I notice. Also, why have we yet to see characters such as Amy, 
Big, Rouge, Cream, or Metal Sonic? That's a question that came into my mind too. Especially Metal Sonic. But again, this is something that could come up in future movies and I could be jumping the gun. Especially considering that they just showed us Shadow the Hedgehog. There's this you know, idea that we could see Rouge pretty soon. And her being a jewel thief and, and her having to beef with Knuckles. But that was one of my points is the fact that they could have maybe jumped the gun a little bit when they showed Shadow because they went straight to that story and skipped over a, a, a big story that was between those two. I want to tell you all a little bit now about how Sonic jumped started or jump started my creative endeavors. So when I was young, my mom used to give me Sonic the Hedgehog comics and I would read them because I was a big Sonic fan, but I was mostly interested in drawing the characters. I remember being at this basketball game that my god sister had going on, and the whole time I didn't watch one second of that game, I'm going to be honest, because my mom had just gotten me this new Sonic the Hedgehog comic book, like the Fleetway comics, and all I wanted to do was sit there and draw Sonic and Tails and shit. I'm not sure what initially got me stuck on this series, but I can, real, I can definitely tell you what kept me interested. I saw all these colorful characters, and they had a blue hedgehog with speed, a yellow fox with who could fly, a red echidna with strength, and I saw how unique their abilities were and their personalities were, and I was like, this is cool. This, this shit is real cool. And I think it was a combination of seeing all these colors and powers and the variety that was attractive to me as a creative. And then later, I got into other series that had that same pattern such as Pokemon and I saw the same thing colorful characters a variety of, uh, a variety of powers and abilities I think with all of these different things out there I then said to myself there's no way that I can't do this shit too there's no way that I can't make my own series when you have all these other series with these like animated and colorful characters that all have these different powers and stuff like that I'm like there's no way that I can't make something that mirrors something like a Sonic or something like a Pokemon. No way. Anyway, that was my inspiration from to, to become a creative. When I was younger, too, I wanted to be a cartoonist to some extent, but I didn't have the art desire like I do in writing. It's like I'm, I'm good at mimicry art, but my creative vision has always been in my ability to describe things. I can visualize in my mind how I want the character to look and the type of character I want to create, but drawing it is just a totally different story for me. Anyway, my point is Sonic was the start of me realizing that I could be one hell of a storyteller and I could build some hella cool worlds as well, too. So wanted to kind of share that with you all for a second. Now I want to get into some theories. As many of you all may have heard, there have been discussions about giving Idris Elba his, his own series as Knuckles the Echidna, as I said earlier. I think they could go a few different routes, though, with a Knuckles storyline, depending on what permissions and legalities are involved when it comes to the comics. Obviously, they could make Chaos a Knuckles villain. And they can make it where he's guarding the Master Emerald and it breaks somehow and he gets the other Chaos Emeralds and takes them in different forms and tries to destroy Angel's Island. And then they could incorporate T'Kal as his ancestor giving him advice, but 
it's kind of hard to say because obviously Sonic again was the one who took down perfect chaos so I'm trying to figure out how they would even really make that happen for real I think they could also have a storyline with the Chaotix where they have Vector, Espio, Charmy the Bee, and Mighty the Armadillo, and they're investigating beefs between the Kidna tribes where they bring in the Dark Legion from the comics and all this other stuff, and they make a storyline around that. And maybe there's a, a tribal beef between like a, Knuckles' tribe of Echidnas and the Dark Legion's tribe of Echidnas. By the way, if you all don't know, the, the Dark Legion is a group in the Knuckles the Echidna comics that rivaled that Knuckles rivaled heavily in their Echidnas that in a way they're they, they're kind of thugging low-key. Like they have like, you know, like uh cybernetics. They have cybernetics, like some of them have it in their hair. Some of them may have like an arm that's a cybernetic. They may have an eye that literally is a cybernetic type of eye, but they rival like Knuckles' people. But this could be a way also too to give him a love interest because there was a character in the comics and her name was Julie Sue. And Julie Sue was a little, a little pink echidna who had cybernetics in her hair. And her and Knuckles end up becoming a thing. And I think that they could do a thing where they take the Chaotix and they're suspicious of her involvement with the Dark Legion because originally she was affiliated with them. And they're like, well, can we really trust her? Yada, yada, yada. And that could bring that type of conflict there. And they're kind of low-key investigating this underneath Knuckles' thumb. And then she has this um, beef with them. And she's like kind of, uh, you know, that's why she ends up like kind of teaming up with Knuckles because she finds out that they were doing all this stuff that, you know, she wasn't really feeling. So it's going to be a thing of where can she be trusted or whatever. And then they could do that and they could have Lien Da, which is this red female Kitna who led the Dark Legion at some point, And they could have her be like the main villain possibly. And they could have somebody who's voicing her out. But again, this all depends on how far they're able to go into the comics. But this is one possible idea. I also think that they could have Metal Sonic as a villain, and he could be an enemy of Knuckles and the Chaotix, given he was the last adversary for Mecha Sonic. Mecha, Mecha, whatever the hell his name is, was the last adversary for Knuckles in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, the video game. And part of me kind of wanted to see that reenacted, obviously, in Sonic 2, but they, they didn't do it and kind of brushed over, you know, what happened there. But again, they might not, wouldn't, might not have wanted to cram so much stuff into one movie. But I could see Dr. Eggman going over to Knuckles' Angel's Island and trying to steal the Master Emerald with the help of Metal or Mechasonic, whoever they do, and them needing the Chaotix's, and him needing the Chaotix's help to try to stop them. Now, this could also be a good segue into the Sega 32X game, Knuckles Chaotix, which involved Knuckles in the Chaotix and their beef with Dr. Eggman and Metal Sonic, who was trying to take over the world and, the, and they were trying to stop him. I think also, too, not, the Knuckles series isn't the only thing that I think will end up becoming a thing i think the shadow series could become a thing as well too at some point now again that's real future sight but that's just something that i was thinking about as i was as i was watching this so one thing that they could do with the shadow series is that they could give us a black arm storyline 
you know, with him involving him and his backstory and the stuff with his father, and maybe later even a storyline with Eclipse the Darkling, who was later one of those aliens who tried to take over Black Arms and had a beef with Shadow. And that could even segue into a storyline where Eclipse the Darkling tries to take the Master Emerald and use its power, which then would cross over Shadow series with Knuckles series. So that's another idea too. Now my wife, she suggested that maybe they might give Tails her his own series. And I was like, you know, at first I was like, nah, they ain't gonna do that. But then I thought about it and I was like, it's not impossible, I guess, because they had Tales Adventures and them mimicking and they could possibly mimic that game where he's in the forest and he's there with these flickies and this race of mutant birds called the, the Battle Cuckoos tried to burn down that that forest that he was in. But I doubt that they're going to go that far, but I'm just saying it's a possibility. Either way, I see the Sonic universe transforming into its own mini comic comic universe before our very eyes. I mean, if they play their cards right, that is. It's like they are telling their own story and changing things up to make their own Sonic movie verse the same way they remix things in the MCU that is not exactly like the comics was so that's kind of the vision that I have and I and I think that it's very interesting you can make a lot of theories on the way that they may spin it depending on again what permissions there they have to make certain things happen now the moment y'all have all been waiting for is this movie a 10 out of 10 let's talk about it now before I give you all my rating I need to make a few things clear. This movie was the ultimate fan service for Sonic video game fans. And it did some slight comic fan service even too. So it went that far. It was aesthetically pleasing, great fight scenes, great character animation. It was well balanced and it was appealing to all fans. Even its humor was fitting. And think about its flaws. Its flaws are pretty minor. Let's be real. I mean, if hating the human characters besides Tika, you know, her character, and feeling a storyline is rushed is all I can come up with, then I think we're in business. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I am not gonna lie to y'all. I think I'm gonna have to give it a 10 out of 10. I haven't given a movie a 10 out of 10 in a long time in this movie. I think it's going to have to get a 10. I mean, look, y'all, even as bad things kind of made sense. I know they left shit out, but that could easily be a surprise for a later movie. The wedding thing was a little janky, of course, but even that could be explained as necessary, as, as sensible. I'm just going to ignore the fact that Kelly from Insecure ain't have no family or friends for real at her wedding and all those fools were undercover but and and say that that was a necessary part of trying to further the story without dragging it out more than it had been dragged out for the subplot that is I have never and I mean never caped for a movie's bad parts until this very moment that's saying something y'all that's saying something very big because generally if something is bad 
I'll sit there and say, that's why I'm docking points. This is the first time where I defended the things that even I disagreed with. That's big. And for that, I don't think we as fans, I'm just being honest with you, will get much better than the service this movie gave us. I'm not even sure how we could have gotten much better and still been happy with the quality of the movie. And I know many of you all will disagree, but this is the way I see it. The big picture is that this movie literally was godlike because it made everyone, regardless of being a fan or not a, or not being a fan, happy. And I don't care, y'all. I don't care if y'all disagree. Disagree with y'all's mamas. I don't give a shit. This movie was a 10 out of 10. And I encourage every last one of you all to go see it, fan or no fan. It's a predictable good if you are a fan. It is a fan service masterpiece. And if you are not a fan, there are a ton of surprises that will just blow you the hell away. You can't beat that, y'all. Really. You can't beat it. Anyway, I appreciate each and every one of you all who has taken the time to listen to me rant on and on about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 for 45 minutes now. There's a lot of great discussion and, and whatnot in this episode. And I again, I appreciate you all like taking the time to kind of hear me out. I have a lot more episodes to come. A lot of very interesting topics, very important topics. You know how it goes down here. We, you know, get a little serious. Sometimes we have a little fun sometimes in this kingdom of mine. So once again, each Friday, I'm going to have a new episode. So I hope you all continue to stay tuned and hear what I have to put out and hear what I have to share with you all. But anyway... I'm going to go ahead and let y'all go. I got some stuff to take care of and we'll definitely be talking soon or you'll be listening to me soon. Either way, I hope y'all have a good day and I'll be talking to y'all later. Peace.